This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winnie and the Pixie Knots. Episode 12, The Mystery Booth. The pixie knots sat on the steps of Theo's booth and looked out over the fairgrounds. Quiet had settled over the battlefield. What had been a scene of chaotic clouds of fighting fairies just moments ago was now a silent graveyard of damaged rides. So much damage from such small people, I thought. I looked over at the bulldozer that Rudy was sleeping next to. 
The stupor spears had obviously exhausted him, and he lay passed out on the ground. What were those papers you had earlier? I asked Theo, who sat next to me with his hands resting on his cane. Theo smiled. Legal papers. Turns out Rudy was a month behind on paying the rent on this land. So, before the cheap slime ball could renew his monthly lease, I bought the land out from under him. You mean the fairgrounds? I asked. All of it. And about a hundred acres that way, that way, and that way. He motioned in almost every direction. Our jaws dropped. Jack looked at the little booth that was Theo's life. The sign dangled from a single nail, and the shack looked like it was on the verge of collapsing. You make that much money by showing people a dead chupacabra? Theo laughed. Oh, no. I own a few silver mines up north. Made my fortune long ago. This is just what I love to do. But it looks like it was well worth the investment. The carousel is so old that it's basically rooted into the ground. It came with the land, and that's why I could not only kick Rudy off the grounds, but keep him from touching the carousel. It belongs to me. But that was peanuts compared to what y'all just did. I'm proud of you. All of you. Out of all the stories I've read of Pixinaut adventures, not one holds a candle to the courage each of you showed here tonight. I blushed. He was right. Looking back on it, we had done some pretty crazy stuff. Things I never dreamed any of us would do. I mean, Lou with a baseball bat? Jack free climbing a fair ride? Me sacrificing myself for a little fairy I barely know? We were nuts! Maybe it was really pronounced pixie nuts, because he had to be a little wacky to do this job. My thoughts turned to Graham. Sure, she was a hard woman and turned out to be the evil Luna Queen, but she'd taken care of us all our lives, and now she was gone, probably forced to take on the role she once had. She didn't look happy to leave. Something told me she wouldn't be gone forever, though. Someday, she'd be back for revenge. Theo noticed the sad look in my eyes, and as if reading my thoughts said, Winnie, Blue, Jack. He looked at each of us. I know it's been a roller coaster of a few weeks, and I realize we don't know each other all too well just yet. But young'uns like yourself need to be looked after and cared for. They need protection and some place they can call. Lou beamed. You want us to come live with you? Theo's eyebrows shot up. Live with me? I was just going to suggest you come work for me. There was a long pause of disappointed silence. And then, <laughs> Just kidding. I'd love for y'all to come live with me. I make a mean PB&J. Lou punched him in the gut. <laughs> Not funny, ponytail man. <clears throat> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Theo chuckled. He glanced my way and our eyes met. Really? I said. Really? I'll build a big house right here and it'll be the home base for the Pixinots. You name it, we'll build it. A fairy village? Lou suggested. Yep. A pond for the birds? You bet. A giant statue of pickles? 
Yeah, I don't know about that one. Jack looked a little uncomfortable. I don't know, he mumbled. I wouldn't want my parents to worry about me. I'd forgotten that he still didn't know that we knew about his living situation. I told Theo the day before about Jack's little hut I'd found in the forest, and he agreed that something had to be done. I didn't realize this is what he had in mind. I opened my mouth to say something, but Theo quickly jumped in. Now hear me out. I was planning on building a cabin at the edge of the grounds, real comfortable, and was hoping you and Oliver could live in it, he said. We need a couple of brave guards like yourself on the property if we want to make these parts a safe haven between the Allied clans. From there, you can decide if you want to move into the main house whenever you like. Of course, it's totally up to you and your parents. Jack fixed his glasses. Well, when you put it that way, I guess we could work something out. Good. Oliver, what do you say? Oliver stared blankly out at the fairgrounds and said, I smell churros. Theo pointed his cane at him. I'll take that as a yes. He turned to look at me. Winnie, what would you like? What do you think of the plan? I thought for a minute. It would be an adjustment having a new guardian watch over us and living on the fairgrounds would take some getting used to. But Theo had proven that he cared about us, and that he would protect us. I'd feel far safer under his care than Graham's. Can we keep the fried dumpling delight stand? Theo smiled. Dr. Theodore Knight was a man of his word. Rudy was scooped up off his land and carried to prison on multiple counts of defacing private property and a whole bunch of other things. Every attraction except for the carousel and the dumpling delight stand was taken away, leaving a beautiful grass prairie surrounded by maple and pine trees. Theo showed us plans for the new mansion being built. On top of it was the old carousel, sandwiched between two lookout towers that had slides winding down from them. He said that the carousel steeple's bulb would be lit any time there was an emergency or need to gather the clans, a fairy beacon of sorts. Huge beds of flowers would wrap around the mansion, displaying every color imaginable, and tall windows would look out over the beautiful surrounding countryside. The Pixie Knot Manor, he called it. Months later, with the help of the same construction crew that had initially come to destroy the carousel, the Pixie Knot Manor became a reality. It sat proudly like a whimsical mini castle on the hill. Down by the bird pond was a beautiful fairy garden where Lou was appointed head gardener. She spent most of her time setting out salads for the fairies. Sometimes she would build tiny furniture from sticks and leaves and place them in shaded nooks under big mushrooms or inside logs. The fairy grounds had been completely transformed into a fairy oasis. Lily pads with flowers floated on the pond and a little stream winded away from it. Where the carousel once stood, Theo built a cozy cabin for Oliver and Jack to bunk in. It had a thatched roof, a red brick chimney and a charming wraparound porch with two rocking chairs. One big one for Jack and one the size of a fingernail for Oliver. I could tell Jack was excited to finally have some company. 
even if he was an inch tall and recovering from brain damage. Oliver was made Chief Gauntlet by the Orchid King, which meant he was the head guard, the king's right-hand man. And to further thank him for his bravery and sacrifice, he was given new armor, shining the most brilliant gold you've ever seen. It even had red rubies in it, a feature only found in the king's finest armor. Oh, you should have seen the way Oliver looked at himself when he wore it. Never has an orchid stood so tall. Together, we all planted trees to make up for the ones that burned down in the Luna fires. Theo had a fairy village built into them, with little homes, nests, and rope bridges linking the trees, which I didn't really understand since they fly, but apparently Lou really wanted them. Theo even bought me the fried apple dumpling delight stand, so I could gain 20 pounds within a month. Seriously, I put on 20 pounds in a month. And of course, before all that was built and in place, we had a little tea party to celebrate my birthday. By then, the fairgrounds were cleared, so Theo had a beautiful white table set up in the middle of the tall grass. All of us, including Pickles and the Orchid King and Queen, who I was still getting to know, sat and enjoyed each other's company. I wore my best yellow dress and did my hair for the occasion. Oh, it wasn't for Jack. Really, it wasn't. Well, sorta. Okay, a little. I even wore the lovely pink Converse shoes he'd made me, the twine laces tied up in double knots. Where did you get this glove? I asked Theo at the table. I pulled it out and held it up. Theo hid his face in his little teacup. I bought it at a local flea market. Come on, seriously. Theo shrugged. It was on sale. I thought it was unique, so I bought it. I leaned over the table. You found a magical glove at a flea market? Theo took a bite of his butter cookie and examined it, quite pleased. No, I bought a plain old black glove from a flea market. What do you mean? I'm saying that the glove you're holding right there has no magic. The hand wearing it does. I stared at the glove in disbelief. Theo wiped at his smiling mouth with a napkin. I knew you had it in you the second I was told you were immune to pixie magic. Or mostly, anyway. I thought I'd give you a little something that would make you believe enough to bring it out of you. He chomped down on another cookie. Jack's eyes looked both ways. And what if you were wrong? Theo stopped eating and thought about it for a second, as if it never crossed his mind. I guess it was a good thing I wasn't. He smiled and raised his teacup. To the Pixinots, and our fearless leader, Winnie Mae. We all raised our porcelain cups and said cheers. Lou knocked her so hard against mine that half our drink came spilling out. Mm. Oh, by the way, Lou, I said, we're both fairy princesses. <laughs> Lemonade shot out Lou's nose. I knew it, she said after wiping her face. I laughed and shook my head. Of course you did. As I brought my cup to my lips, I noticed flowers falling behind Lou. I quickly set down my glass and gasped. Hundreds and hundreds of orchid flowers fell all around our table. Brilliant blues, 
pinks and whites floated down like snow. The orchid fairies above were showering us with their tribute. Flying in just after them were the dandelions, and then the chatty tulips, all dropping their beautiful flowers over us. From above, our little table looked like the center of a giant flower. Lou laughed and danced in the petals, while Jack made snow angels in the ones on the ground. Theo and the orchid royalty clapped at the ceremony. I stood from the table and walked through the shower of flowers with my arms outstretched. The soft petals slid down my face and stuck to my hair. I reached the outer edge of the fallen colors and noticed something out of place. It was a single red rose sitting among hundreds of white tulips. I bent down to pick it up. Golden flakes of pixie dust fell from its petals. I smiled. The Rose Clan was still out there somewhere, and they'd been watching. I knew that this was their way of acknowledging what we had done. Bringing it to my nose, I took in its wonderful fragrance. Then, holding it tight against me, I walked back to the table where my friends, my family, my pixie knots sat waiting for me. Ever since our big adventure, Theo and the rest of us have taken the mystery booth from fair to fair to find that one special believer who would join our crew. With the fairy clan alliances growing stronger every day and the dark minions uniting in the shadows, it is up to us to make sure the fairies are represented and protected. So, if you ever see a weird little booth at your fair with a bearded man and a few crazy kids, stop by and see if you have what it takes to be a pixie knot. Hey Rocketeers, this is your host Greg Webb. I hope you enjoyed Winnie and the Pixie Knots. If you haven't had a chance, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people discover these stories that you love. And tell your friends and family so we can grow the Rocketeer community. And if you haven't heard it yet, check out Winglings Under the Willow Tree, an epic fantasy adventure that actually ties directly into this story, Rocketeers. So if you haven't heard it, I think you'll love it, and it's told from the perspective of a fairy. Thank you so much for listening to the show and tuning in. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.